that is the foundation for the plug and play that you were just talking about. Mm -hmm. If you don't have something like that, that's helping you transfer all the data between all your partners and systems, you're missing out on that one view. What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at ovationup.com. Welcome to another edition of Give an Ovation. Today, I am joined by Jen Kern, who is the CMO of QPOS, the podcast hostess for Restaurants Reinvented, former lacrosse coach, Peace Corps volunteer in Africa, an incredibly awesome human. And soon you'll discover by her energy and passion, and that's a lot coming from me, that she has indeed discovered the fountain of youth. So Jen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Glad to have you on. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm so excited to be here. And I didn't think anyone could over-energy me with an oh. intro, but I think you just did. I love how you threw your arms up in the air. And that's what I do when I start. I'm like, the, it, actually, the first time I did a podcast, I listened to it and I was like horrified. I'm like, oh my God, I'm way overexcited and loud. I need to tune it down. <laughs> wait, 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 is this is this your self-reflection or is this like advice to me? <laughs> No, that is not advice to you because no, my self-reflection was, you know, I talked to my podcast guys and they were like, Jen, just be yourself, like just own it. And I'm like, okay, so maybe I tuned it down just a decibel because I do have a really, my husband always says, Jen, use your indoor voice. I do have a really, like when I get excited, I have a really loud voice or when I get nervous, I get louder. Well, it's not such a bad thing. No. And, and (laughs) I will say uh, that when it comes to, when it comes to like podcasts and things like that. You know, you got to you got to pop off the sound waves. That's why I love your yep. podcast by the way. We'll we'll get yep. into your podcast in a little bit because yep. um it is a it is a must follow podcast. If you are a marketer in the restaurant space, you got to check out her podcast. But uh first of all, so tell us a little bit about what you're doing. The CMO of QPOS and and running this podcast are kind of like your two main gigs here. Tell us a little bit about QPOS. Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, um, it's, it's a great story because I've, I've been in marketing and in the tech space for, let's just say over 20 years. I've been doing it a long time. Okay. And marketing is my passion. And I fell in love with tech marketing in the 2000, early 2000s, mm-hmm. as we talked about. And um, have just really loved seeing the evolution of the space and and the convergence of marketing and technology. It's just been fascinating. And so marketers have been able to propel themselves like to the top of the C-suite, I believe, because mainly because of the intersection of technology and creativity, data and creativity, right? So um, I've just had a blast like across my career and and I've been CMO at at several SaaS, really transactional oriented SaaS companies. Um, in the B2B space. And it got kind of tiring after a while. There's a very heavy focus on lead gen and demand gen. Mm-hmm. And I really shine when it comes to content and branding and thought leadership. And um, I love both of those things. But when Q came to me a year and a half ago and said, hey, we have this opportunity. And I looked into the hospitality space, which I had never, sure, I worked in it like when I thought back, actually, I was like, wow, my first job ever when I was 12 
was have jobs at the in, snack that- bar at the snack bar at the pool. I thought that's like illegal. So like, oh, <laughs> like hospitality. Yeah, back in the day, right? Like, I think I was 12. Maybe I was 13, but I was, you know, making Slurpees and uh, pizza in the oven at the snack bar at the pool. I was a swimmer, so I was always at the pool. And they were like, hey, work in the snack bar. I'm like, all right. So I thought back and I'm like, I've been in hospitality. And then I was a waitress and I was a hostess. And I, you know, I did all that. But as a marketer, I had never worked in the space. And I really saw this opportunity for a better blend of like relationship selling and transactional selling. Mm-hmm. And actually it's flipped and it's, it's much more about the relationships. It's hospitality. It so at Q here, yes, we have a really cool POS platform that is our tagline is beyond POS because we believe in taking POS out of the center of the universe and making it just another channel. So we were a little ahead of our time. I'm going to say when I started, <laughs> came here and started branding around like, what is POS and why is POS right now? There's, I think, a little bit of a stigma and there's a lot of ennui around POS because Mm -hmm. it's a tired, like just even the thought of POS, you just immediately think of the cash register in the store. Yeah, and and you think of, and you think of like, you know, 50 booths at NRA, right? Right. It's like- (laughs) It's oversaturated, it really is. Um, But but you guys are approaching it a little bit differently. Totally, totally. So we came up with, you know, a modern way of thinking about POS, which, like I said, takes it out of the center and makes it just another channel, the same weight as online ordering, the same weight as your delivery. It's just another channel to order your food, Mm -hmm. right? Whether it's in store or not in store. And it's really like a virtual POS concept because we use a microservices model. And what does that mean? That means that we're releasing code and upgrades at least every two weeks. Um, So we also have this very forward looking API approach that we call API first. APIs came on, cloud came on the scene in this industry a while ago. And it was like, oh, everyone was excited, but actually it created a big mess because the APIs weren't API first, meaning They can work with anything. You don't need to go create a new API for every single partner, right? Mm -hmm. So we have this API first native bi-directional integrations with third-party delivery and other third parties and this microservices approach, which makes us a super modern platform. And we did all this before the pandemic. So it's not like we were like, oh my God, hurry up. Online ordering is a big deal. No, we knew before the pandemic that POS was a dated concept and we needed to refresh it and make it something that was much more attractive. And our whole promise is all around the unified data. So mm. restaurants have been trying for years to catch up with retail. How do we get one view of our guest? And so our platform, all those you know little techie things I just talked about, the importance of that is getting to one data flow. So one consistent workflow that's pushing the data from all your partners and channels through one consistent process. And that might sound like a lot and maybe it sounds a little bit too geeky and trust me, I'm not a, I'm not a tech nerd, but I sometimes pretend to be, um, but it's getting to that, that unified data so that the experience, the guest experience, which I believe is still very broken by the way, that frictional word, what's that about? Oh my gosh, I'm going to get on a soapbox. Anyway, (laughs) the whole frictionless guest experience, it's not there. I mean, there are very few brands delivering that. And if you think of the word friction to begin with, it means it just doesn't stink, right? It's not, it's not awesome. 
it's just, ah, it's just, we're going to take the friction out. So it's just barely good. Right. (laughs) So we're trying to unify that brand, the ordering experience and, and the production experience so that you can really get to a flow that is more consistent and a better experience for the guest. Yeah. And and I, I love that because. Full stop. (laughs) No, no, no. I think that was awesome because, you know, we originally got introduced to, to you guys Obviously, saw you around at the trade shows and everything, but we originally got introduced to you because of a customer that will remain silent for now uh, in the process of transitioning over. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just, they, they were speaking so highly of you because of how your technology works and, and of the philosophy of having this unified uh, system. Because, you know, I recently did a uh, publishing ebook with Kelly McPherson. Mm-hmm. which is how we initially awesome. got, which we got connected through that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and anyway, Kelly McPherson, she's just like total restaurant tech Titan, um, incredible yeah. experience, CIO of RBIs, currently CTO of Union Square Hospitality. But what we, what she did was she put together this book of here are the 10 technologies that you need. Mm-hmm. One of those technologies was not POS. And here's why. Cause she said in the intro, the point of sale should be something that everything connects into. Yeah. It's not, it's, it shouldn't be um, like you're talking about just like the, the, it, it, it can't be a standalone system. Right. And it needs to have things connect into it and needs to have that unified experience. So it has the, the right data that's in there. And uh, when, when we chatted, it was like, oh my gosh, like you yeah. guys are, the intro to Kelly's, uh, to Kelly's book. Yeah. And yeah. you recently wrote an article and mm-hmm. it was titled, I got it pulled up here. Really awesome article is your digital foundation built on sand or stone. Mm-hmm. W- what do you mean by that? Well, what I mean is because of all the complexities around POS and because POS is so dated in so many companies. So let me just say, first of all, we really focus on enterprise level restaurants, which means over 20 or 30 locations. And that's a very complex undertaking when you start talking about switching out a POS for them. So what's happened is those brands have stayed on legacy POS for so long that it's like major heart transplant taking out the POS and putting in a modern POS. But here's the most important thing. That is the foundation for the plug and play that you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. If you don't have something like that, that's helping you transfer all of the data between all your partners and systems, you're missing out on that one view. And so, I mean, I wrote that article because what I have seen happening in the pandemic is all of these restaurant brands, of course, having to stay in business, going out and buying or else getting for free a lot of new technology and bolting it on and around the POS or just forgetting the POS and being like, let's just put it over here. We're going to go get curbside. We're going to go get our third party delivery. We're going to get all these things. And my concern is that in six to 12 months, particularly the enterprise brands, it's a lot easier for the smaller brands to be nimble and do that stuff. They're going to be like, oh my gosh, we still have this legacy POS in the middle that is really inhibiting our growth, our scale, and most importantly, our efficiency Mm. as, as a brand. Right. So there are some smaller brands that have the luxury of working with uh, more nimble, you know, 
technologies that don't require like an enterprise POS system, but for the larger brands, they really need a modern platform that's built off those that microservices approach, the forward-looking APIs, and a system that's going to flex with them and not force them into their rules. Yeah, and I think that that makes so much sense because so often what happens is there is a, a way to do things that the technology has built and yeah. restaurants need to conform to that. Right. Yeah. And that goes with, yeah. quite frankly, any technology. Yeah. What needs to happen is, uh, and, and I, w- I really want to talk about this as well, is yeah. starting with the end in mind. Yeah. And y- you mentioned it earlier, but in your opinion, what is the end? What is the like- guest? Of course, the yes. experience of the guest. And oh my gosh, it's really a mindset change, too. It's, it's not like there's no panacea. There's no silver bullet. Technology will never be that. Alan McGee, actually from Church's Chicken, who I just had on my podcast a couple of weeks ago, talked about this. He said, technology is only going to get you part of the way, but what you really need are smart digital folks that can be in there testing and learning and optimizing the technology for you, right? And beyond that, it's a shift in how the operators are thinking about their business and how technology is going to help you, right? You've got to be committed to changing your mindset and your perspective about how technology works with the business. What do you mean by that? um, I mean, there's a big change management process that comes along with bringing technology on board. So if your whole organization is not behind it and does not understand the impacts that the technology is going to have and the forward-looking progress that the technology can provide, it's not going to work. You need to be thinking about changing the way you work with the technology, right? And the way you work overall. Like the old way of working is not going to keep working. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. There's a, there's a guy, Rev Ciancio, a brilliant marketer. Something that he always talks about is not the new normal, but the new better. Right. right? And, and what does that look like? And I think that a lot of times with technology, when you put it into a business, what happens is you're telling people the path. Right. It's like, you know, imagine, imagine on this, on on like a hike, you're telling people, Okay, this is what we're putting in this technology. So we're going to go left and then right and then forward a mile and then left and then right. And so that's what I need you to do. Yeah, that's the wrong way to approach new technology. What you need to do is when you're when you're showing new technology to your staff, your company to get that buy in. Show them a picture of what the top of the mountain looks like. Show them a picture of the view. Show them a picture of the end result and then say, now there's things that we need to do to get there and to stay consistent, but are we all on board that that view is better than the one we have? Right. And that's, that's where you really need to start with technology, not with, you know, a lot of times the, the operational implementation procedures, right. because right. what that's going to lead to is a burnout and a lack of adoption. And yeah. when you have the lack of adoption from the staff and from your team, then it doesn't trickle down. Yeah. And, and my example is in an R world, this happens a lot, which is we'll be implementing a new POS and the people that we're working on implementing it with have been so used to doing things a certain way, according to legacy confines, that they can't understand why our system isn't working that way. And so that's what I mean when I talk about sort of like that mindset shift. It's like, okay, I know that's the way you did things in the past, and legacy POS is very ingrained in a lot of people's minds in uh-huh. terms of the workflow and what it can and can't do. But our system actually can get to the same point like a lot of different ways. 
Yeah. It doesn't have to be that one rigid structure that's always been in the past. Exactly. So that's kind of what I mean. There's a lot of uh, change management that's involved and a lot of um, coaching, discussing, collaborating. I mean, we are a partner, right? We're not going to tell you how to run your business. We're going to tell you what all the possibilities are with a modern technology approach. Yeah. Love that. And yeah. now having so many people on your podcast, Restaurants Reinvented, Yeah, what is... Um, what are some trends that you're seeing? Oh my gosh, there's so many trends. I mean, first of all, I just have to say, like, I have to give a shout out to all my guests because it's been a blast doing this podcast. I know, like, like you, you, you probably understand what I'm talking about. It's so much fun meeting people and helping them sort of talk through what it is that's really, really helping their business shine right now. Yeah. And so I just feel like I'm giving people a platform where they can do that. And that's just such an honor and a blessing, right? To be able to kind of like say, here's your voice, go, let me help you put it out into the market, yeah. right? Yep. Um, but so Restaurants Reinvented is really about restaurant marketing. And I came into the industry last year and you know, I went to 15 conferences last year and was able to really immerse myself along with my team members who have been in this industry forever into the challenges and opportunities that were in this space. And I saw like at conference after conference after conference, sure, there's all the booths that you talk about, but there was really an underrepresentation of marketers that mm -hmm. were up in the space shining on the stage, right? Um, I did go to one marketing conference and a lot of the conversation was very tactical. It was a lot of firefighting. And I thought, wow, I think I have an opportunity to give these marketers a chance to talk about the strategic direction of the company, right? And, and where the industry is headed and what the trends are to your, to your question, which I'll get to. Yeah. Um, and so this all sort of converged and I just went for it. And sure enough, it's just been a hot topic because there aren't a lot of places, even events, where marketers are given a chance to have that strategic level conversation about how they're moving their business and their brand forward. And then the pandemic hits. And what's more important than your brand during a pandemic? How you communicate to the guest, how you're delivering on the service to the guest, how you're doing all these things and innovating, thinking outside the box, that is squarely on marketing. We are the creative out of the box thinkers. How are we doing that? So it's just a platform to, for all them to tell their stories. Um, it started off early. It was like, what are you doing in COVID? Like, how are you, how are you, how are you keeping your business open? That's how it started. Yeah. And then some of these trends, which is, this has been really interesting. All these trends are starting to emerge, such as the redefinition of loyalty. Hmm. What does loyalty actually mean? <laughs> right? Not just in a pandemic, but it used to be coupons and discounts. Yeah. Well, uh, that's, I mean, there's a lot of smart marketers out there that are like, that is not what loyalty is about anymore. So that's been one of the big topics that I'm really digging into. Um, this notion of- well, and, and just to yeah. quick jump in, because yeah. we, yeah. I mean, I fully believe in that, right? And mm -hmm. as we've looked at loyalty backwards, forwards, forwards, backwards, we actually built a loyalty system and then shut the whole thing off. Because- oh, interesting. Uh, as we looked at loyalty, what it truly was, as we did customer interviews, as we looked at the market, as we did the research, it's all about how do you build and maintain trust? Yeah. Trust, right? Is, is, are the expectations being met? And if they're not being met, how do you make it right? Right. And, and I take it a step further. I talk about advocacy, right? 
Yes. You want to evangelize. You want people that trust. And then once they trust you, yes, they should evangelize you. Like we were doing before the call <laughs> talking yeah. about our, some of our favorite foods at our favorite restaurants. Like I will get on my soapbox and evangelize for those people and those brands because they have first earned my trust and then they've gotten me really excited. They've surprised and delighted me some way. Yes. Yep. So I how do you that. do that? That's not easy, by the way. Like guest by guest by guest by guest. That is not easy. And I think that that is one of the things though, right? Is that there's a certain aspect of that hand-to-hand combat. Yeah. You have to fight for your guests because yeah. it is an eater's market. Yeah. There, it has never been easier to switch restaurants. I don't have to drive five minutes down the road. Mm-hmm. I have to click one different button. And yeah. so we cannot afford uh, to lose those customers who are advocates. And we cannot yeah. afford to have those, you know, uh, those, those situations that break trust um, perpetuate, right? Yeah. And so anyway, yeah. I totally agree with you. Loyalty needs to be redefined. It's not a punch card. It's not a number. It's not a coupon. Because at the end of the day, that's not driving behavior as much as it, as it is measuring behavior, which yeah. is great. And if, you're, if yeah. you have loyalty to measure behavior, I think there's traditional loyalty systems that make a lot of sense to collect yeah. data, to measure behavior. If you want to drive behavior, you got to do something a little more than just, you know, giving them their 11th meal off. Yeah. Yeah. So we've talked about that a lot and I'm still wrapping my head around it and trying to dissect some of the trends. Um, The other big one, which I think you'll be happy to hear is about how do we tie all these systems together? No surprise, right? Like, wow, we have a lot of technology and now marketers are bringing being brought in more and more to the technology decisions and to weigh in on how is the technology that you purchase over there in operations or um, any other department, how's that going to impact what we're trying to do in marketing? Um, And so I think, you know, hopefully what we're going to see is is some of the walls and the silos coming down um, and the marketers being more involved in those discussions around the corporate technology, not just the marketing technology. Let's just right. get rid of this whole like, hey, there's marketing technology and then there's IT technology. No, your company has one tech stack, period. And it all needs to be tied together and work seamlessly together. And so that's been a big thing that's come up. And then on the heels of that is the data, the conversation around the data, which has been huge. Yeah. And, you know, there's so much data out there. I think it was Aaron Lovezo from Del Taco. He said, we're not even using the data we have. So yeah, don't, she was like, don't talk to me about big data. When did it get bigger? She was hilarious. I love her. Um, she was like, when did it get bigger? It's just data, but we need to use just, we need to start like baby steps and just use the data we have and then start with that personalization journey, which is another big, big one, but break it down, keep it simple, take those baby steps. So there's just been so much like really interesting stuff that's come out and so much encouragement and inspiration too. So it's it's just been so fun. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, well, Jen, yeah. um, here's here's my key takeaways from today. Number one, yeah. make sure that you tie your tech together and that your POS is not a blocker in that because there's a lot of legacy POSs where that's a blocker. So make sure that that your data talks, your tech talks. Um, love that too. Yeah. Start with the end in mind. The end is the guest experience. Let's never forget that. Three. Keep an open mind. The way that things were done is not going to be the way that things will be done. 
So as you're implementing new technology, don't look at how do I replicate what's done? Look at what should I do? And then how can technology uh, help you accomplish that for, um, I love this, this conversation around loyalty. It's about trust. It's about advocacy. How do you get those customers to become your marketing force? Uh, and then lastly, data, right? Use the data you have. If data isn't actionable, meaning that you can't do something with it or you don't know how to do something with it, it's worthless. Data needs to be actionable. And so take action on that. Uh, Jen, how do people find you, follow you? Woo! <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> no. um, such great takeaways. Thanks, Zach. Uh, so LinkedIn, of course, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on all, all the socials except TikTok, but I am weighing that decision heavily right now. <laughs> well, you let me know so I can check yeah. out some of those dance moves. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, Instagram. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. But I'm mostly active on LinkedIn. And then of course, email Jay Kern. Uh, I'd throw out my cell number, but that's probably inappropriate. So yeah, you can find me. Okay. Jennifer with one N. How's that? That's right. Jennifer. So uh, Jen, for being so positive, so uplifting for being a voice for marketing in the restaurant tech community, which is so much needed. Today's ovation goes to you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Zach. It's great talking to you. I know we could talk all day and this has been really fun. So I appreciate the opportunity very much. Well, thank you. Okay, let's talk soon then. Glad you're with us today and thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to ovationup.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.